Hello, Sally Lloyd-Jones here, just popping on quickly before this episode to let you know about something exciting. Advent is nearly here. Well, yes, that is exciting. But the other exciting thing I have to tell you is we have a wonderful new Advent resource to share. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible Advent Activity Book. It's sort of like an advent calendar, except, sorry, no chocolates, but it's filled with other treats like games, crafts, recipes, songs, ornaments, activities for every day of Advent and a story to read from the Jesus Storybook Bible. So the Jesus Storybook Bible Advent Activity Book will take you and your family on a wonderful journey through the Bible, leading you from the beginning in Genesis all the way up to Christmas Day and the birth of God's promised rescuer. I hope you'll love it. It's available now wherever you buy your books. Thank you. Gratefulness seems to be such an important kind of key to unlocking the door to contentment within the New Testament is actually having gratitude for those things that God has given you and and ultimately for what he's given us in Jesus. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. It's Thanksgiving week. As a Brit first coming to the United States, I couldn't quite believe that a whole holiday could be centred around being grateful. It struck me as so beautiful, and it still does. G.K. Chesterton said, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Meister Eckhart said this, If the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. But hopefully we don't actually need a holiday to get us to give thanks. Our guest today is someone who takes time to celebrate the quiet miracles that seek no attention. And one of those quiet miracles he encourages us to see is friendship. Winnie the Pooh couldn't agree more. Here's what Winnie the Pooh said, A day without a friend is like a pot without a single drop of honey left inside. And here's another one from Winnie the Pooh. It is more fun to talk with someone who doesn't use long, difficult words, but rather short, easy words like, what about lunch? And here's E.B. White and Charlotte's Web. Why did you do all this for me? He asked. I don't deserve it. I've never done anything for you. You have been my friend, replied Charlotte. That in itself is a tremendous thing. Our guest today shares with us how he has experienced the profound impact of deep friendships in his own life. Nathan Tasker is an Australian singer-songwriter and a storyteller who weaves his personal journey of sorrow and doubt, hope and expectation into songs that reach far beyond his life, compelling listeners to long for their one true home and their one true friend who will never leave them. Nathan is filled with gratitude and wonder, and yet his journey has not been easy. He has experienced devastating loss and grief, and yet 
Even in the midst of sorrow and tragedy, he has learned the incredible power of gratitude. As we know, gratitude doesn't come naturally to any of us. We have to work at it. We have to practice it. And Nathan and his family practice gratitude. And you can tell. Because as you'll see, he's just filled with joy and generosity and kindness and humility. Nathan and his wife Cassie are also my dear friends. From the moment we met, we bonded over art and being expats and our love of coffee and also, thanks to their courage and disarming honesty, we immediately connected on the deepest of levels. They are some of my favorite people. What a gift they are. I don't see them nearly enough, but as Thoreau said, nothing makes the earth seem so spacious as to have friends at a distance. They make the latitudes and longitudes. So without further ado, please welcome my dear friend, and now yours, Nathan Tasker. My name's Nathan Tasker, and I am coming from Nashville, Tennessee, although originally from Sydney, Australia. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a speaker, as well as a worship leader. I'm married to Cassie, who is also from Australia, and we have three kids, Theo, Archie, and Olive. Two boys and a little girl on the end. So life is extremely full, very busy, but really good. Growing up in Australia was, um, I had a really great childhood. I was extremely fortunate to grow up in a Christian home, which doesn't sound like a big deal when you live in Nashville, Tennessee, but in Sydney, Australia, you know, very few people go to church on a Sunday. I think it's down to around 3% of the population go to church on a Sunday. So to grow up hearing the Bible read to me, praying at night, watching my parents attempting to live as followers of Jesus was really impactful. I started to listen to Christian music and I was listening to real old school Christian music like Mark Hurd or Rich Mullins, obviously Keith Green, Randy Stonehill was massive, Larry Norman. And all these people were kind of influencing me and showing me what it looked like to pursue music, but to also be able to sing and speak about things that are really important at the real guts of life. And that's kind of what started me on the road of, of writing my own music, attempting to play their songs at different venues. So as I was playing music in all these different environments, I was still very young and still enjoying you know, going to the beach and hanging out with friends. I'd started a university degree, which I, I wasn't putting a lot of energy into, to be really honest. And to my best friend at that time, his name's Greg. Greg would often come with me and tour. He realized how lonely it was being out on the road. He was an incredibly wise and kind and gracious person. And so we spent all this time driving around in the car, going to outback New South Wales and just driving miles together, talking, spending time just really, I guess, growing very deep in friendship. When I was 22, though, Greg was killed in a car accident. And that, I guess, really turned everything on its head for me. I had deferred university at that point and I was about to go back and really thought to myself I don't know if this music thing is what I should be doing I just need to get a normal job etc etc but then in that moment of losing him and realizing that life even if you live to be a hundred is still incredibly short just a blip in eternity compared to eternity with Jesus I realized that I'd been given this platform for whatever reason and I had this urge and sense of responsibility to use it, to encourage others to 
think beyond just this life and this moment. And it just kind of really snowballed more than what I had actually dreamt about or imagined that it possibly could. My little daughter, actually, the other morning at breakfast time, she said to me, Daddy, when we go to heaven, will I be able to meet Greg? And I was like, wow, what an incredible question from my five-year-old daughter. And what a joy to be able to say, you know, yes, yes, you will. Questions like that don't just come out of the ether. They, they come because something else is happening in the hearts and the minds. They've been stirred up by the spirit and by these things that they're reading and hearing as a family. And I think part of it is through Jesus Storybook Bible. You know, we read that to our kids and they've experienced that for their whole growing up. You know, my oldest is only 10 years old, but it really does continue to speak to God's desire to love us, not just as we walk through this world, but in the life to come. We go way back with Sally. We had the incredible privilege of meeting her in, I think it was 2011. We actually ended up having coffee together, the three of us, Crema Coffee downtown in Nashville. And we got to chat and kind of meet each other and hear each other's stories as well. And I think there was a real kinship in that first meeting. First of all, she'd visited our homeland and she'd visited Adelaide, which not a lot of people do when they go to Australia. And so we had that kind of connection and then we'd also spent a lot of time in the UK as well and, and love visiting our friends and churches over there. And so we had that real kind of connection. At the same time, Cassie and I had a really rough year up until that point. Cassie's dad had actually just passed away from a brain tumor unexpectedly at a young age. And then a few months later, Cassie was pregnant with twin babies and when she was around six months pregnant she went into premature labor and gave birth to both of our children and neither of them survived and so by the time that I, I remember meeting Sally we were pretty charged you know like we had just had so much go on and she was so tender and kind and it was really the beginning of some really special friendship time with her. I'm so pumped about Thanksgiving we Obviously, being from Australia, we don't practice Thanksgiving. And I often say to people, it's because we've got nothing to be thankful for, but that's not true. Coming to America and having a period of time, like a, a weekend and a day, really devoted to this idea of, of Thanksgiving thankfulness is really interesting to me. It, within our own little family, my wife and I, every night around the dinner table, we, we really make a concerted effort to eat meals together as a family every night and one of the things we do is go around and ask our kids and we share as well about what we're grateful for in that day and it is interesting to work hard to think about what are the things that you're most grateful for not just what happened or, or what made you feel good but what are you actually grateful for and to be able to direct that gratitude as well to God is pretty special Thanksgiving thankfully is a chance to you know really think about it, perhaps make some, you know, I don't know what the equivalent of a New Year's resolution is for Thanksgiving, but to be more thankful in the coming year, because we, being strangers in, in a, another land, our Thanksgivings are usually us kind of being adopted into other families. So we have had 17 very unique Thanksgivings since we've moved to America, all with different families, different traditions, all of those kind of things, which is so awesome. So that's what Thanksgiving has looked like for us over the years, you know, everything from that to getting to celebrate with dear friends in New York and 
you know, all over different parts of Nashville and all different little family bubbles that we get to be invited into. It's a, a very generous time with friends, I guess, that they would invite us in. And that's a really special thing. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible called A Little Girl and a Poor Frail Lady. Jesus walked into the little girl's bedroom and there lying in the corner in the shadows was the still little figure. Jesus sat on the bed and took her pale hand. Honey, he said, it's time to get up. And he reached down into death and gently brought the little girl back to life. The little girl woke up rubbed her eyes as if she'd just had a good night's sleep and leapt out of bed. Jesus threw open the shutters and sunlight flooded the dark room. Hungry? Jesus asked. She nodded. Jesus called to her family, bring this little girl some breakfast. Jesus helped and healed many people like this. He made blind people see. He made deaf people hear. He made lame people walk. Jesus was making the sad things come untrue. He was mending God's broken world. I must admit, I've read this passage so many times. And every time that I read about Jesus, you know, I think about that passage all the time with people that we've either lost in life. I think about my own twin babies. I think about what will it be like when I close my eyes for the last time in this particular setting, you know. And I think about that has this gentleness and this beauty, this tenderness to it, that seems to be very consistent with what Jesus says about how he he knows his sheep, you know, he knows them by name and he calls them and he tenderly cares for us just like that. And and that seems to resonate so deeply, you know, his ability just to reach down into death as though it's sleep. It reminds my children of that. It shows the power of Jesus over that final enemy, that final issue that we all face as a consequence of sin, of which is death, to see his power and to be so tender. What incredible writing, you know, to be able to express it like that, that a child can understand and could make a grown person like me weep each time that I read it. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at jesus underscore storybook underscore bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello. It's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.